I know it's not easy for many husbands to have to deal with the emotional side of things. And they might be thinking, come on, suck it up. But husbands need to realize that a wife is healthy when she can express herself emotionally and feel cared for. Welcome to You and Me and Jesus, a Christian marriage podcast. Welcome back, friends. We are so glad to be here with you. I'm Mindy. I'm Carrie. And last episode, we began what you might call a mini-series, talking about the roles within a Christian marriage, the way that the Bible addresses them. And last time, we addressed the Bible's teaching that the husband is the head or the leader in the home. But what does that mean practically? I think it's important to ask those kind of questions when we get a theological truth in our heads. You know, what does that mean practically? How do I live? What do I do? Thankfully. The Bible says a lot about that. How about if y'all think with me about examples that we've seen in the Bible? It seems like a lot of times God does things in a backwards way or in an unexpected way. For example, Moses, who he wanted to lead his people, could barely speak. He stuttered. He was afraid. But he used Moses to lead millions of his children through the wilderness. Which is very interesting because even in Jewish culture today, Moses is regarded so highly as one of their greatest leaders. Yeah, and he wasn't a professional speaker at all. (laughs) No, not at all. Another example would be David. We are probably more familiar with him, but we knew how he, he was a shepherd boy. He was out in the fields. He wasn't even the one whom his father thought would be the best choice for king. But that's who God chose to be king of his people. Yeah, and a great example from David's life is you know, David shows up to give lunch to his brothers who were in the army, and there's Goliath taunting everybody. And God puts it in David's heart, the shepherd boy, to pick up his slingshot and take out the giant. And he did, amazingly. God yeah. does amazing things through the underdog. That's a great example and an encouragement to all of us. Yeah. Another example is Paul, who is actually the enemy of the church, the enemy of believers. And God has used him so mightily in our lives with the books in the Bible that he has written that are so helpful in just daily living. Yeah, and most people may not recognize this until you stop and think about it. Paul wrote about two-thirds of the New Testament epistles. I mean, that's a big chunk of your New Testament. And then another most important example is Jesus. He was God and he became man to die for us, us sinners who couldn't die for ourselves to redeem us, but he did that for us. So all these opposites, all these things that are extreme, that don't make sense. One reason why I believe God probably does that is because it brings him more glory because he's wanting to use the weak to be strong and he's wanting to bring himself glory. So shouldn't we expect that he would do something like that in a marriage? Well, yeah, I think for sure we should expect that. There's plenty of precedent for it in the Bible, as we've seen. And we probably all have our own stories that we could tell of how God did an amazing thing. And the reason we call them miracles is because they seem so backward. They seem so unexpected and, and impossible. So if that's the case, I think it's interesting to look at the relationships within marriage and the way God's designed marriage to be. He appoints the husband, a man who's not always good at emotion, 
isn't always a natural at communication. Multitasking, I mean, try and get a man to do five things at the same time and he can't, but a woman can stand in the kitchen and do it easily. You know, it's very hard for men to do these kinds of things. And yet those are the very things that are needed to be a good leader often. And so God has turned the home kind of upside down where it doesn't make sense that the one who struggles in these particular areas has to be strong in those areas. And that's so we have to depend on him. That's so he gets the glory when it comes about. And that's so our faith is increased and strengthened. So as we dive into today's topic about the husband being required by God, expected by God to love sacrificially, I want all of us men who are listening to be very mindful of the fact that when God gives us commands that seem super hard, like this one, I'll admit sounds super hard to be sacrificially loving. We're going to get into more of what that means in a moment. But when he gives us those commands, we have to remember he never gives us instruction. He doesn't intend to give us power to fulfill. And so by the power of his Holy Spirit who lives within us, by the faith that we have in Jesus Christ, we can obey these things and we can actually get better at them. And in fact, become very good at them because God himself is going to come online and be involved with us in making it happen. Absolutely. And that's so encouraging. And the reason is, is because God wants us to, in the end, boast in him. Amen. He wants all the glory. He deserves all the glory. So if you, as a husband, are feeling weak and not equipped and the opposite for the role that you are supposed to be fulfilling as a husband, that's exactly where God wants you to be. And that probably is exactly how we should be feeling. Yeah. (laughs) Because that pushes us to that place of desperate dependence on him. So husbands, if you feel like, well, when I got married, I got him way over my head. I didn't know what this was going to take. You are not alone, first of all. But secondly, you're in a great place because that's the kind of people God comes alongside and helps. So let's look at Ephesians 5, 25. This is where we see this principle about loving our wives sacrificially. Mindy, would you read that for us? It says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I think when we read this verse, it couldn't be more clear that husbands are called to imitate Jesus in the most extreme terms. I mean, look at what he says there. Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I can't think of a more extreme example of sacrifice. And we know what that meant, suffering on the cross. Yeah. Well, that's the end of his sacrifice. The beginning was stepping out of heaven in the first place Yeah. to come and be a person. I mean, we think life sometimes can be hard. Imagine the divine king of the universe stepping into human form and intentionally subjecting himself to all of those hardships so that he could be one of us and atone for our sin as he did. We don't even realize the suffering that was for him. No, we don't. So I think it's safe to say that this trait of self-sacrifice is the overarching and defining mark of husbandly love. It's putting yourself on the line for the sake of the one you're loving. And that's our wives, guys. That's what we're called to as husbands. So let's dig into that. And we'll start with this description of Christ loving the church and giving himself up for her. We can't miss when we talk about that phrase that prior to him doing all those things we just talked about, he had a purpose. He had an intention. See, behind the action is a, is a desire, is an intentionality. And he gave this whole thing of redeeming mankind some forethought. 
And what does that say to us as husbands? If we're going to love sacrificially, well, we need to have forethought about the person we're going to be loving. What does that look like to love our wife sacrificially? It's probably going to be a little different for every woman because every personality is different. Every background is different. Every temperament and way they deal with life is different. But we've got to learn how to do that as husbands. So what does that look like practically? Many of us maybe have heard about our love languages. So that would be one way practically that the husband could love his wife is to learn what is important to her. Does she love touch a lot? Does she love gifts? Does she love time? Time. Communication. Communication. Yeah. yeah. I mean, all of those are good just in general. But if you're really wanting to care for your wife in the way that she really sees it as care, you need to know those things. You need to seek that out. So men, think for a moment about the last time you really had to care for your wife, say she was upset about something or bothered by something or hurt by something. What were the things you saw that maybe kind of frustrated you? And you were like, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know how to handle this. Well, you're probably putting your finger on a thing that you need to learn more about. And as you learn more about it, you're going to find a great opportunity to love your wife because she's not going to quit feeling those ways most likely. She's not going to magically get stronger and better in that area until you start loving her in that way. And yes, the Lord can help the wife to get better in those areas and to get stronger. But many times the Lord wants to use the husband. He wants to live through the husband to help the wife. And so I know it's not easy for many husbands to have to deal with the emotional side of things and you know, once again, my wife is crying about something and <laughs> and they might be thinking, come on, just suck it up and, you know, you can't fix it, just live with it or, you know, whatever it is they might be thinking. But husbands need to realize that a wife is healthy when she can express herself emotionally and feel cared for in those moments. And that's because God has wired her emotionally. It's not a flaw in the design. That's part of the design. That's a design feature, you might call it. God created women that way. And so we as men need to learn how to love them in that area so that they can thrive and they can be healthy in that area. Now, as we're describing all this, remember our main point, this might require some self-sacrifice, guys. This is not going to be easy. This is going to be something where you're going to have to set aside your preference of communication, your preference of how you deal with a certain situation or conflict, and get into your wife's skin a bit and understand what is it that she's dealing with and how can I best help? And one of the ways you can find that out is ask her. Maybe outside the emotional circumstance, ask back when we were dealing with such and such, how could I have loved you better emotionally? How could I have have cared for you better? You're talking about the golden rule in a marriage is communication. Hmm. And so many things that the wife might be dealing with day to day, just her own personal opinion of herself her interaction with her friends, and then especially her homemaking, her raising of the kids. There's just so much that's going to bring about thoughts and emotions for the wife. And the husband needs to, to the best of his ability through the power of Christ, needs to know his wife in those areas. And I'm sure most husbands want that. But if they forget to actually take the step to ask the questions, then they're going to be neglecting their wife and they're not going to even know it because they just forgot to ask. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Another thing I think that this means practically is that men, we should be taking the initiative in the relationship. 
And there's all kinds of areas that could apply to. But let's just talk about some of the things you can do practically. You need to make plans to love her. Okay, now that doesn't necessarily mean in the bedroom. It means day to day. How can you love her? What are the things that she appreciates? What are the things that make her day brighter? What are the things that make her feel valued and important? Make plans for those things. Don't just trust to being spontaneous because most of us guys are not quite as spontaneous and romantic as we think we are. So don't depend on that. Plan it. Also, you can make lists. You can schedule things to be on top of stuff. Guys are usually pretty good at that. Let's use our strengths and figure out how to apply them to our relationship with our wife. And it's okay if the guy is not coming at it with emotion and he's coming at it with fact and, so to speak, checking something off the list, but he knows that this is what his wife needs, so he's going to get that task done, so to speak. I mean, I know you've gotten into a great habit of asking, how is my heart today? You ask me that every single day, and I'm not feeling like that's monotonous and it's getting old. It's because I desire to share my heart with you every single day. And I've learned that over many mistakes and many years. (laughs) So that's why I ask. Yeah, Yeah. it's a beautiful thing. And so, guys, that's what we got to do. Don't worry about it feeling rote. Don't worry about, oh, it might offend my wife if she sees me looking at a checklist before I come ask. Don't worry about that. You're showing intention. Yeah. And intention matters. They're going to love your intention. I love it when you are initiating with me and you are intentional with me. That's what makes us most excited. Yeah. And so guys, let me sum this up by just, I don't know, maybe making a summary statement. Your wife's health, her well-being, her growth, her support, all of that belongs near the top of your priority list as a man. Because when you took on the role as husband, you took on the commitment to be an expression of that character trait of self-sacrifice that was just described in Ephesians chapter five. That's what you signed up for. And so she's got to be near the top of your list. The only things higher, I think, would be your relationship with God. You need to stay tight with him so you have the strength and knowledge and wisdom to know how to love your wife well. But then she's second on the list. You've got to make sure that that's there. More than church involvement, more than your career, more than your hobbies, more than any pleasures, she's got to be at the top of that list. So a little hint with that encouragement from Carrie is if you husbands are not already praying for humility, I would encourage you to have that be what you pray for every single day (laughs) (laughs) because it's going to get hard and the pride and the defensiveness is going to creep up. And that's what's going to stop you from loving your wife the way you really want to. That's right. That's right. And you can go back. We have an episode in the catalog about humility within marriage. So that might be helpful to you. Okay, let's continue on. The rest of Ephesians 5 after verse 25 really kind of gives us some characteristics of Jesus' love for the church that we're able to draw some comparisons to marriage from. So Mindy, let's start again at verse 25 and read all the way through verse 30. Okay, it says, Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. 
So there's a number of broad principles that I see in here and then specific words he uses to illustrate those broad principles. The first one I think is this sacrificial love is always for her good. If you look at the words that it uses to describe Jesus' attitude about the church, he's working to sanctify her, to cleanse her, to make her without spot or wrinkle, to make her holy without blemish. All of those are for her good. So guys, what is it going to take for us to get our minds oriented around the fact that our wife's not a roommate? She's not just a fringe benefit. She is someone we are responsible to care for and to help her for her good. We're to help her grow. We're to help her be encouraged. We're to help her be a blessing to other people, to be a better mom, whatever it takes. We are tasked with empowering our wives as much as we're able in the strength of God to make that happen. Let's look at the next general thing that I see mentioned in there. He's he's doing this for the church in a nourishing way. Did you notice that word in verse 29? Nourish, to nourish her and cherish her. Nourishment, and we normally think of that in the context of nutrition or diet. But guys, do you think of your wife in that way, that you're responsible to help her be healthy, to help her be nourished, strong? I mean, that's part of your job as a husband. It may require self-sacrifice to actually help her be nourished. Another broad principle that I see here in verse 29 is he loves the church in a cherishing way. Now, cherish is probably not a word most guys use very often, but think of what it means. We cherish things that are of high value to us. We protect them. We take care of them. We maintain them. I think about a guy with his, his new car or his tools or his golf clubs. I mean, he takes care of them. He wipes them down when he's done. He cleans the car. He vacuums it. He does oil changes. He cherishes the car through those activities. So guys, do you think of your wife in that way? Are you showing her that kind of attention? Is she that precious of a treasure to you that you're going to cherish her? And I think an important thing to ask yourself and maybe ask your wife is, does she feel you cherish her? That'll tell you a lot if you ask her, if you're brave enough to ask her. And that's a good question to ask, because if she doesn't feel cherished, then you can ask her, how can I make you feel cherished? Because I do cherish you and I want to show you. So speaking positively like that and telling your wife your good desires for her goes a long way to encourage her. And Mindy, just so guys get a little glimpse into the female mind, what does it do for you? when you feel cherished? Well, I definitely feel loved, but I also feel protected, cared for, secure, safe. There's something about most women who want that protection, that care, that safety, strong foundation. I mean, it's, it's a beautiful picture that you're painting, bringing out these points in these verses, because think of what a beautiful, godly marriage looks like if the husband is loving his wife this way, the world looks on and they see what a beautiful picture it is. And they think, what a wonderful husband. Look how he loves his wife and look how she loves him. And people look at that and they long for that and they admire it. And not that it's to puff us up or to puff up the husband, but I can imagine that's very fulfilling to the husband to be able to say, Look what God did through me. Look at my home. I have a wife who's healthy, spiritually, emotionally, mentally, physically, because of how I love her. 
I have children who are healthy because of how I'm loving them. That's rewarding for a man. And not only is God wanting the glory, but he's also wanting to bless the husband by the husband obeying him Hmm. and following his word and how to love his wife. Yeah, and I think it's very interesting that you described it in the way you did, because I don't think most guys think about their relationship with their wife and their impact on their home the way you just described. We might think of our car that way. You know, my car is always clean. It runs well, all this, because I do oil changes. I did, And we're happy to talk about those things. But we don't think of relationships in that way. We don't think, I can contribute significantly to the health of my marriage, my home, my children. And of course, we're talking about the marriage right here. But guys, I want to challenge you. We need a little bit of a, of a mindset shift when it comes to this. We can apply the same cherishing diligence we do to other things, to our wives, and we should be. All right, let's look at one last general principle here. It's in verses 28 through 20. Now, Paul kind of switches. He quits talking about Jesus' love for the church and starts talking about a man loving his wife like he loves his own body, which is a very interesting illustration when you take time to think about it. And as he's doing so, he says that the husband is to love his wife in a way that makes her a blessing to him. Isn't that kind of an interesting twist on it? Now, of course, this is not his primary motive. He's not doing everything just because of how it's going to benefit him. In fact, all the rest of it wasn't anywhere near that. It was just because that's his responsibility in his heart is to love his wife. But this one, it shows that God's commands to the husband to be this way for his wife carry its own blessing. It comes back to you. And that's similar to what you were saying earlier, Mindy, when you said that God wants to bless the husband through his efforts. I wouldn't be surprised if there's many husbands who have struggles in their marriage because of different issues that the wife has. Maybe they feel like their wife is controlling or she nags or she's critical or she's a yeller. The husbands can fill in the blank. But have they sacrificed long and hard to learn how to love her well? Most likely, she's not being the most enjoyable wife because he has not sacrificially loved her as he should. Hmm. Many times when we are acting in a sinful way towards one another, it's because we have hurts, we have flesh patterns, we have needs deep down. And that's the, the husband's role is to draw that out and to encourage her and help to bring healing through the power of the Holy Spirit. So I would encourage husbands who are feeling maybe a little bit hopeless or maybe trampled by their wife who might be stronger in her personality or a wife who might even be condemning to the husband to get some strength from the Lord and stand up and get determined and say, I am going to love my wife so well that I'm going to see the love of Christ come out of her mouth. I'm going to be blessed by how she treats me, by how she runs the home. Amen. I think that's wonderful. And guys, let me just stop us for a moment. I can just hear somebody's brain out there churning and you're, you're thinking, yeah, but she's responsible not to be that way. She's responsible to be kind. Yes, yes, yes. That's all true. But we're talking about the husband's role today. Okay. We're just looking at you. Don't get yourself stuck in a place where you keep pointing your finger at your wife and saying, well, if she would this, if she would that, this is about you. It's not about her. We're going to deal with her in two or three weeks on the podcast. So just hang on, cool your jets, and let's keep going. And just to follow that thought, 
if you continue to obey the Lord in loving your wife well as a husband, you can lovingly encourage and exhort her in wrongs along the way, but you just continue to make sure you're doing your side of it. She might not respond well to the exhortation at first, but she's going to see your example of your Christ-like, humble, sacrificial love to her. And God's going to use that to soften her heart eventually. So it doesn't mean that you can't talk about wrongs in her life. That just means that you stay up with what you're supposed to be doing. Don't wait for her to catch up to you before you continue on in your Christ-like behavior. (laughs) That's a good word. A very good word. Well, let's move on to our assignment for this episode. Guys, this one's for you. I have five questions for you that I want you to take very seriously. And you need to be honest with these and you need to really give it some thought and some prayer as you consider your response. First, if self-sacrifice is the overarching and defining mark of husbandly love, do you look like that kind of husband? Are you one who is characterized by self-sacrifice when it comes to the way you relate to your wife? Honestly ask that question and prayerfully ask the Lord to show you the answer. Number two, do you cherish your wife as you should? Now, remember the synonyms that we talked about, value, respect, treasure, are those attitudes you have toward your wife. Number three, what can you do to better nourish your wife? Remember what we said about providing everything she needs for health and for strength and for vitality. Four, do you see your wife as a blessing to you? And I would go so far as to say this is independent of her behavior. Do you recognize God gave you a good thing when he gave you a wife? And that means the wife he gave you, think about that, the king of the universe gave you a wife. What kind of gifts is he going to give? He's going to give good gifts. And so if you're in a place where you can't see the goodness yet, or you are not sure she's good, you just need to take it by faith. She's a good blessing. And you need to start seeing her that way. And pray for her. Pray for her. Amen. To help God to start working in her heart if she's hardened towards change. Amen. And then finally, the fifth one. In all these questions, have you discovered anything you need to confess to God or to her? Or anything you need to ask forgiveness for? Guys, it's never too late for you to go to your wife and say, honey, I've blown it. I just blown it ever since we got married, ever since last month, whenever I did this, 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 or I've not been doing this, I want to ask your forgiveness. I'm really working with the Lord's help to become the self-sacrificing husband I should be. I want you to pray for me. I want you to ask the Lord to give me strength, but I also want you to forgive me. It's never too late for that, guys. And it's a habit that you want to have your whole married life until God takes us to heaven. That confess and forgive has to be a part of our relationship, part of our marriage, always. (laughs) That's right. Now you're going to find these questions, if you'd like a copy, In the description for this episode, you'll also find it on the website at morningmindsetmedia.com. There is a button there for you and me and Jesus podcast, and you can find the episode there. Well, let's wrap up with a prayer. Father, we're grateful for your design of things. You don't design things in ways that are frustrating. You design things in ways that bring about the greatest benefit and the greatest blessing from you as you come online to help us to fulfill our roles. And I pray for every man that's listening, that Jesus, you would inhabit him with the power of your Holy Spirit and you would give him a vision for his marriage, 
a vision for his wife that is from you and is full of godliness and is full of purity and holiness. And that you give him the initiative and the wisdom to know how to apply it. And that you give him a deep and abiding love for her that will carry him through all the self-sacrifice that's required and enable him to exhibit your love for your church through the way he loves his wife. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. This podcast is a production of Morning Mindset Media. Find out how you can become a monthly partner to help us help you and others get their minds aligned with the truth of God's word. You can also find out about our other podcasts at morningmindsetmedia.com. Not as exciting as your normal matcha, huh? So matcha going to do? <laughs> sure is blustery out there. Well, well, well. Yeah, just doing a, my mic test. Okay, I'm going to read this as you do the mic check. Okay, read away. Last episode, we began what you might call a mini-series, Biblical Roles Within Marriage. We addressed the Bible's teaching that the husband is the head or leader in the family. But does that mean practically? Thankfully, the Bible says lots about that. I'm glad you don't really speak that way. Okay, was it good? Yeah. Yeah, looks good. Thought you might want to say something, but... I was trying to think of something. That's fine. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll say something, you know, eventually. <laughs> <laughs> Notice that, first off... No, I don't want to say that. Dear Lord, thank you for your work in us. Thank you for the things you've taught us and that you are teach through us to others. And I pray, Lord, that you will bring people to this podcast that you are already working in, opening their hearts to have good marriages and to desire to hear your truth. And so, Lord, just give us your words to speak to those people who will be listening through however long this podcast is going. We just trust you, Lord Jesus, and are your humble servants and humble children. And thank you for living through us, Lord Jesus. Amen.